Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. Thanks for joining me on Crosswalk with Gino Geraci. It is, of course, the program where we typically take your calls and answer your questions about the things you care the most about. Questions about God, questions about the historical Jesus. We talk about the Bible. We talk about worldviews and world religion. Sometimes we talk about the past, history, and sometimes we talk about the future, which includes the subject of prophecy. And of course, every once in a while, we talk about the here and the now on this Messianic Monday. Yeah, that's not Sunday, but it is my fun day. And you're welcome to call me at 303-873-1935. And uh, producer John Corbelis is standing by to take your call at 303-873-1935. He'll ask you what your question is or your comment, and we'll make every effort to get your question or comment on the program. Again, the number is 303-873-1935. Lots going on in the news, and I'm going to cover a number of different quote-unquote subjects, if you will. But there's one in particular that I wanted to to bring to your attention um, in this hour. You've already probably heard in the news a lot's going on. Three U.S. soldiers were killed in a drone attack by an Iran proxy terror group. We don't know which group, um, but we do know that there's some interesting developments around this story and one of the developments is that a drone had left the base and was returning to base and apparently um dare we use the term iranian proxy terrorists piggybacked on that drone which made it possible for the United States installation not to recognize that this drone was a dangerous threat, which resulted in the killing of three U.S. soldiers and apparently um, injuring another two dozen soldiers seriously. And so we know that for months, Iran has launched attacks on the United States uh, troops in the region through its proxy forces. And the Biden administration has issued limited strikes on Iranian-backed Houthi terrorists. Um, And we talked a little bit about the Houthi terrorists, and we're hoping to have an article in the not-too-distant future on on the Houthi terrorists at our own – our own website as far as me, you know, um, as far as uh, gotquestions.org is concerned. And Republicans have introduced articles of impeachment against Alejandro Mayorkas, the inept Homeland Security Secretary. It was introduced by Representative Mark Green, who's a Republican from Tennessee. And the resolution accuses Alejandro Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary, of, quote, willful and systematic refusal to comply with the law and the breach of public trust. 
And so Republicans included two articles. One states that Mayorkas violated immigration laws, while a second article accuses the secretary of failing to uphold his duties, misleading Congress, and obstructing a Republican uh, investigation. And he's also been unable to detain a sufficient number of migrants as required by code. And Blaze Media has reported, quote, between the fiscal years 2017 and 2020, there were a combined 11 individuals on the terrorist watch list caught attempting to cross the U.S. southern border. However, there was an alarming 169 non-citizens on the terrorist watch list trying to enter the country in fiscal year 2023. So in this year, 2024, there have been another 49 possible terrorists nabbed at the border. Last week, a coalition of former FBI officials warned Congress that the border crisis is ushering in a new and imminent danger from military-aged men across the, the, the globe. So the border issue we talked about a little bit last week, and of course, we're going to continue to talk about that as well. And so um, Houthi militants have attacked a British oil tanker in the Red Sea. And of course, it would look like there's several car companies that are looking to, um, well, do away with AM radio from vehicles. And Wall Street Journal has reported that a motley crew of AM radio advocates, including conservative talk show hosts like Hugh Hewitt and federal emergency officials, are lobbying Congress to stop car makers from dropping the old medium from vehicles, including Tesla, Volvo, BMW. These are among uh, several companies that have already stopped providing AM tuners in some models. Last year, Ford said it would join them until CEO Jim Farley reversed course after speaking with policy leaders. So, again, what's going to happen? Is AM radio going to go the way of the dinosaurs and the Philistines? 303-873-1935. That's the number if you want to join me on the program Many of you, I know this isn't a uh, a sports program, but you may or may not be interested in the Super Bowl, and you may or may not be interested that Kansas City is playing San Francisco in the Super Bowl. But it begs a question that often comes up if you want to join me at 303-873-1935. Producer John, do you know what people often have asked me over the years? Producer Jim's not there, or Producer John, I should say. My, I have a Producer Jim, and I have a Producer John. But one of the great questions um, that I get asked about sports in general, and from a theological standpoint, maybe I'll ask you the question. Maybe I'll ask the audience the question. Well, yeah, what if the Lions made the Super Bowl? I see that, Producer John. But uh, Christian McCaffrey, this was one of the very few times in NFL history where the Christian was thrown to the Lions. 
and uh, the Christian overcame the Lion and uh, won the NFC Championship. I think it would have been interesting if the Lions had gone to the Super Bowl, but of course they're not going. But the big question is, does God care about who wins the game? If you'd like to join me, 303-873-1935, does God care about who wins the game? So how do we, how do we process that question? Especially in light of, you know, when you're reading all across America about people giving glory to God. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to think which San Francisco 49er. It may have been Brock Purdy who basically said, win or lose, he's going to glorify God, which I think is the right way of responding in the sense of, well, does God want the San Francisco 49ers to win in the Super Bowl? against the godless Kansas City Chiefs. No, I, I'm. that's not true, and that's not fair. So, but we're back to does God care who wins the game? And according to my producer, John, God is a Lions fan. Yes, he is. I just got my mic set up. Well, you know what? If God is a Lions fan, how do you explain... The Christian McCaffrey being thrown to the lion. I'm just teasing a little. <laughs> I'm teasing just a little bit. 303-873-1935 is the number if you want to join me on the program. When we come back, I'll try and take a stab at this question. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I know this isn't a sports show. But with sports comes injury, and with injury comes pain, and guess what? Are you sick and tired of achy joints? Do you dread the idea of surgery? Well, you need to call QC Kinetics today. Hey, it's Gino Geraci. Listen, the state of healthcare is always changing. The old ideas like steroids and surgery are no longer your only option. Regenerative medicine at QC Kinetics is transforming lives with innovative, non-surgical, drug-free treatments that deliver lasting results. Knee pain, back pain, shoulder pain from arthritis or injury. Don't let this pain keep you from living your best life. QC Kinetics Advanced State-of-the-Art Treatments Harness and Direct your body's natural ability to restore and repair damaged joint tissue. This is a revolutionary approach that can get you long-term relief with no downtime. Make 2024 the year you reclaim your mobility, reclaim your independence, walk and run and play and live without the danger and trauma of surgery and without harmful drugs. Call QC Kinetics. Now for a free consultation, the number is 303-900-8986. That's 303-900-8986. 303-900-8986. I was asking producer John the big question, you know, the annual question, does God care who wins the game? It has a larger connotation, whether we're talking about an AFC or NFC championship or Super Bowl or NBA championship or our own rock, our own Colorado Rockies. Now, obviously, um, I love sports, by the way. And I am a sports fan and played sports um, throughout high school and loved it. But hovering over the question is 
something producer John brought up. And that is this idea, this great big idea that's been absorbed into our sport, our sports culture itself. And there are other, there are people around who will say winning is everything in life, and losing is for losers. Well, winning is the ultimate worldly goal or good in the sports culture. So, when we ask and we answer the question. Since God does good towards those who do good, the team reflecting the most goodness should win, but that's probably not true. And so I think most Christian athletes are fed up with bad theology. And when, you know, players come out and they give God the glory, when they're giving God the glory, they're not giving God the glory simply because they won, but because he cares and he cares about them. So let's address that issue real quick, by the way. 303-873-1935. Does God care who wins? And I'm going to suggest to you that the answer is that God does care, but not in the way we do. And not in the way that's often implied by the post-game interview. He cares about what happens in the universe. His care extends to the subatomic level. It's the Lord God who arranges every particle, every atom in the universe in relationship to every other atom in the universe. To suggest that he doesn't care who wins might be pressed into the opposite corner, but the way that I would think about it is that God's ideas or God's concern regarding the games that we play extend way beyond the thin ideas of victory and and defeat. So in our world, we prepare we plan and we prepare for a prize. And the Bible actually talks about that and uses a metaphor to describe that. So how do we think about it? Does God care about the game? Well, yeah. Does he know the game's conclusion before it happens? Yeah. Does he place individuals, depending on if it's a team or an individual sport, in the trajectory? I think that the answer is yes. Does God jealously promote his own glory? Yes. So for Christ followers and Jesus followers, they are reluctant to draw undue attention to themselves and, and say, hey, you know what? I'm glad and grateful that God has given me a gifted platform, but to God be the glory, great things he has done. So it begs another question. And the other question, of course, is, again, about sports in general. And the Bible actually uses um, a lot of sports metaphors. And so... um, How do we how do we think about these things? And so how do we view just in general 
even though this isn't a sports program? Well, you don't have to look around very far to see, particularly in Denver and in the Front Range, that sports is a big deal. Whether they're watching the sports, whether they're driving their children to sports, whether they're going to sports practice, whether they're doing it at the high school level. According to Market Watch Inc., America's spend over $100 billion on sports. Now, I suspect that this Market Watch report is old because it was done in 2017. So I think we can add several billion to that number especially since Shohei Otani has been signed over a 10-year period for $700 million, being paid the most that a baseball player has ever been paid. So but when you begin to add it up, okay, Americans spend $100 billion on sports, $56 billion on attending sporting events, $33 billion on sports equipment, $19 billion on gym memberships. So that should tell you that it's important to at least some people. And the Bible draws analogies from the of the Christian life, from the world of sports. First Corinthians, of course, in nine twenty six, the apostle Paul talk. He uses the metaphor. He says, "So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air." He's using the metaphor of shadow boxing, and the author of Hebrews likens the Christian life to a race in Hebrews chapter twelve, verse one, when he talks about the fact of being in an arena. And he says, therefore, since we're surrounded also by a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. Again, he's using the metaphor of a modern athlete who sheds his clothes in order to not have weight so that he can perform at the highest level possible. And, of course, he admonishes us to run in such a way that we win the prize. In 1 Corinthians 9.24, don't you know that the runners run in a stadium, that the runners who run in a stadium, they all race, but only one receives the prize. Run in such a way to win the prize. So he's basically, basically saying, using this metaphor, run in such a way that you're going to win. So what does that mean for the Christian? How do you run a winning race in this thing that we call the Christian life? Well, that's a different question. 303-873-1935. That's the number if you want to join me on the program. I'll be right back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Happy to take your call. 303-873-1935. So, you know, again, we've got a lot of people in the news talking about winners and losers. And I pointed out that, again, um, the Bible uses sports analogies in a in a in a positive way. So it, it leaves me with the impression that there's nothing inherently wrong 
with viewing or participating in athletic events? And is it okay to follow your favorite football team or play a round of golf or attend a volleyball match or sign up for community softball or play in a Christian softball league? Christian athletes and coaches often have the opportunity to use their prominence in sports as a platform for advancing the gospel. I heard in the news just in the last week that when uh, Jim Harbaugh's Michigan um, will when when the Michigan Wolverines won the uh, the national championship, that they had some sort of almost like a little mini revival where seventy people got baptized um, who were associated with the football team. So um, Christians who play sports can can literally attest to all of the benefits. You know, you, you talk about the, the physical benefits, the stress reduction, weight control, um, fellowship, camaraderie, the development of accountability, leadership, communication, goal setting, problem solving, endurance, perseverance. All of these are required in athletic competition. And it can be valuable in building and strengthening character. One of the greatest benefits of competing in sports is the development of what the Bible says, self-control. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25, Paul says, every athlete exercises self-control in all things. Now, is that true? Well, I'm going to say it's a truism. In other words, it's one of the core aphorisms of of athletics. Does every athlete exercise self-control in all things? Probably not. But if you are a great athlete and an elite athlete, that's the point that Paul is making. In the crucible of competitive action, the presence of self-control or the lack of it becomes obvious to everyone who's watching. Some athletes and fans handle game-related adversity with grace and poise and dignity, and others melt down in an adult temper tantrum. But the problem isn't the sport. It's the character of the athlete. It's the character of the parent It's the character of the fan. In many ways, sporting events provide an occasion to test the character of both winners and losers. So in that sense, so in that sense, does it matter? Well, for the Christian, it does matter. A Christian athlete, a Christian coach, people who identify themselves as a Christ follower, should be filled with the Holy Spirit. Display the fruit of the Spirit, which includes self-control. Whether it's on the court or off the court. And so in all areas of life, we have to balance in regard to our involvement in sports. We set priorities. It's easy for a sports fan to overdo it, committing too much time, too much money, too many resources, 
that should be an entertaining diversion. It's easy for an athlete wishing to succeed to devote an inordinate time and energy to training at the neglect of family, at the neglect of friends or their walk with God. But the Bible helps us clarify things. And I'm going to tell you what that is in here in just a moment. In 303-873-1935, 303-873-1935, there's a very famous passage of Scripture that's found in First Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, where it says, For while bodily training is of some value... Godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life, but also for the life to come. Think about what Paul is saying to Timothy. Is working out, does it have value? Of course it does. Godliness has value in every way. But the benefits, according to Paul, are good here, and they're good there, and so sports is good and beneficial, I think, in the right perspective. We should never allow sports to crowd out God or make Jesus irrelevant or cease seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You know the passage of Scripture almost by heart. In Matthew 6.33, remember, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Christians can fall into the trap of idolatry, and idolatry is not to be a part of our life. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 21, John, just very quietly, very simply, and very succinctly, he says, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Paul could have said, whatever we do, on the field or off the field, we can do it all to the glory of God. That's what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. So whether you eat or drink, Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Which begs so many questions. And again, happy to take your calls. 303-873-1935. That's the number if you want to join me on the program. 303-873-1935. Oddly enough, since we're on this subject... Does the Bible have something to say about competition? Yeah. Does the Bible have anything to say about, well, MMA or extreme fighting? Is it wrong to participate in extreme sports? And oh, by the way, should a Christian participate in sports betting? Especially if the sports betting is one of the sponsors of your radio program. Well, as far as I know, I don't have any sports betting agencies or outlets or companies sponsoring this program. 
But I do have some very serious uh, – I have some serious problems with sports betting. To me, sports betting is, again, gambling. Is gambling, by and large, a healthy thing, a good thing, an irrelevant thing? Is it wrong to place a gentleman's bet, you know, where I will buy you a hamburger if the, if the San Francisco 49ers lose to the Kansas City Chiefs? Or you buy me an In-N-Out hamburger, double-double, animal-style extra crispy fries or a Chick-fil-A sandwich and a very large iced tea, half sweet and half unsweet. Is that wrong? Is it wrong to do that? Well, happy to talk about it. 303-873-1935. I'll be right back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. The number is 303-873-1935. Yeah, I was thinking of um, the article that was posted at ChristianHeadlines.com by Michael Faust, who's a ChristianHeadlines.com contributor. That's why one of the reasons why I've been talking about um, this whole sports thing. And it was then that Josh Purdy, or I shouldn't say Josh, I, Josh Allen <laughs> plays for, for for Buffalo Bills, but it was Brock Purdy. That's his name. And um, he was asked, I think it was by Hank Stram or maybe somebody else, but he he basically, um, they were 17 points down at the half. And... Um, he says he leaned on his faith when they were down by 17 points. He said he prayed, win or lose, I'm going to glorify you. And San Francisco's quarterback, Brock Purdy, completed 20 of 31 passes for 267 yards, one touchdown, helping the 49ers rally from a 24-7 deficit to beat Detroit 34 to 31. Now I know there are many, 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 many Detroit fans rooting for Detroit. What a what a Cinderella story their team has been. But the San Francisco 49ers will play Kansas City in Super Bowl 58. So Purdy, by the way, will be the third youngest quarterback to start a Super Bowl. And of course, what's interesting is in the Super Bowl, you have this interesting, interesting dynamic. The first round pick and the last round pick playing against each other on the largest football stage in the world. Isn't that interesting? And after Sunday's victory, Purdy was asked at a news conference to reflect on his football journey. And he said, quote, I honestly think this is a testament to God and where he's taking me in life. I've never been the biggest or the fastest or the strongest or any of that. Brock Purdy said, who's listed at six feet, one inch. He said, I feel like I've always sort of had to fight for what I get and work for what I get. 
But God's always given me an opportunity, whether I played in high school, college, and obviously in the NFL. And then he said these interesting words. He said, getting drafted last, people you know overlook you and all that kind of stuff. And then all you need is an opportunity. I'll put my faith and trust in him. And he's gotten me where I'm at. So the last person picked in the NFL draft is often named Mr. Irrelevant. And in 2022, he started the season as the 49ers, not the second string, but the third string quarterback. And in December, he became the starter because of a series of injuries. Purdy said he and his teammates were calm in the locker room at halftime, though trailing by three scores. He said, quote, so when you're down 17 at half, honestly, I'm just thinking, all right, God, you've taken me here. Win or lose, I'm going to glorify you. And that's my peace. That's my joy. That's the steadfastness. These are these are Purdy's words, Brock Purdy. That's where I get it from, and that's the honest truth. So I lean into that, and sure enough, we were able to come back. And Purdy also referenced his faith during the postgame interview on the National Fox broadcast. He basically said, glory to God. He's given us this opportunity. And, of course, Purdy's, Purdy's tweeter, tweeter, Twitter, now X, and Instagram bios, characterize him as believer in Christ, follower of Christ, and respectively, his Twitter bio includes a Bible verse, which I found not just interesting, but the verse out of all of the verses he could pick out, what was the verse that he chose for himself? It's Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, unquote. He discussed his faith, by the way, in detail in an August 22 interview with Sports Spectrum, saying that uh, he wants to be able to witness and defend the Christian faith as best I can. He says his identity is in Jesus. And then Purdy recounted a moment at Iowa State when he asked God to forgive him for placing football ahead of his relationship with Christ. He said, quote, it was just a reminder of where my identity actually is, where it lies. He told Sports Spectrum Podcast, he said, quote, and it's in Jesus, and I continue to lean on him. Again, the next day I didn't go out and throw for 500 yards uh, and was this awesome quarterback, but it was just the peace that I had knowing that, hey, no matter what I'm going to face moving forward during college football, God and Jesus are going to be my identity. And whatever I face, I won't be shaken from it. Can you imagine? Talk about the first being last and the last being first. It's interesting just watching him. Hold on to the NFC trophy. 303-873-1935. So we're back to that subject of um, sports gambling. 
which I will get to here at 303-873-1935. And of course, I'm going to suggest to you that for many years there was an anti-gambling stigma in the United States, but that's completely gone. Where, whether you're talking about, and I won't name the, the sports gambling outfits, but I mean, they're spending literally millions of dollars in advertising that could be generating, I'm thinking, hundreds of millions of dollars. But, again, they're everywhere. Gambling sites, sports apps. You can bet on any sporting event anywhere in the world. And betting on sports events means that a person risks some money in the hopes of getting a, a greater return. And if the only factor were picking the winners or the losers there wouldn't be a whole lot of chance involved. More often than not, the better team wins. And often the better team is evident. And to, to make things more competitive, bets are often placed on how large the margin of victory will be. So pause and think about it, because if you were to ask me one week ago who I thought might be going to the Super Bowl, I would have probably said the San Francisco 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens. If you were to ask me who would win the Baltimore Ravens in the Kansas City Chiefs game, I would have picked the Ravens. And, of course, Detroit at the beginning played inspired football. They played like a team that really, really wanted to go to the Super Bowl. And so when you have a margin, it makes it a little more difficult. But when we're considering sports betting, we have to think about three things. Sovereignty, stewardship, and society. What does all of that mean? I'll tell you when we come back. But happy to take your call. 303-873-1935. I'll be back. 